Ladies and gentlemen, welcome again. Episode number five, All Football with Azul. Going to go through some, just some, not a lot, but just some of the college football games over the weekend, as well as the pro football games over the weekend. All Football with Azul, episode number five. And listen, there was really number one, the game I've been waiting for for maybe a couple of weeks, maybe up to three weeks in the Big Ten. Penn State versus Ohio State. And this is a game where we have seen Ohio State literally dominate uh, this rivalry. I, I, I would even call it a rivalry. Just a pure domination stance of what Ohio State has pretty much done to all the all of the Big Ten teams in the, in the 21st century. But when it comes to the Penn State, Ohio State has won the matchups uh, 2012 to 2023. Ohio State only lost one game, and that was in 2016 uh, when Ohio State was ranked number two by three points. But outside of that, it's been pure domination by Ohio State. And you heard what I said last week on episode number four, that this game meant more to Penn State than it did to Ohio State. Uh, the tall orders the task, we, well, we all knew going into the game that Penn State is a very good defensive football team, but Ohio State is probably a top three defensive team in the country. Uh, when you think of Ohio State or the 2023 version of Ohio State Buckeyes, you think defense. They've been shutting down a lot of opponents. And the, the game they gave up the most points is what I covered in episode number three when they beat Maryland at home. When Maryland was actually kind of winning that game. In a defensive struggle, but Ohio State in that second half of that game turned it on. They only gave up 17 points. The most points they gave up this season was to the Maryland Terrapins up until this point. And that still holds that still pretty much holds water because they held Penn State on Saturday to 12 points. Ohio State is a very good defensive football team this season. Their defense carried them. Uh in the other big game they had this year in Notre Dame at South Bend, Indiana. When they held them to 14 points and they got the game winning touchdown at the very end. Uh, they dominated Purdue. I didn't cover that game, but they dominated Purdue. Purdue is not a good football team, but nonetheless, they did what they needed to do. And I set up the stage versus Penn State where they won 20 to 12, where Penn State got a, a late touchdown. That The game was already done at that point, and Penn State had to try to recover a, a, an onside kick, and Ohio State recovered. Uh, they really won by two scores with a junk touchdown at the end by Penn State. I don't know why they went to the big review of uh, why, why he secured the catch, but nonetheless, Penn State dominated or got dominated. And in Penn State's case, they were not able to manufacture long drives in this game. Uh, they were not able to convert on fourth down. And, and and this is the thing about football and sports where they people want teams to go on fourth down and. Sometimes you got to have to play more conservative to keep yourselves in the game. You're not, if you're not a, an explosive offense like Penn State is not, you are setting yourself up for failure uh, given a, a pretty decent offense. Not a great offense, but a decent offense, great field position. You got to play the field position game and make it a defensive struggle between two teams, and hopefully somebody makes a mistake on special teams or defensively, maybe a fumble. And that's another thing. Let me get to that play. There was a play in the second quarter, and Penn State had a scoop, a fumble recovery for a score, which could have turned the the flow of the game 
at the time where Penn State took the lead, but the refs call a flag on the penalty. And I can't stand that shit. I thought the refs fucked Penn State in it in that part of the game with the fumble recovery for a score. They called a a a, a, a peewee level hole call that negated the fumble recovery for a return touchdown for Penn State. Ohio State later in the drive ended up getting a touchdown to go up nine to three or ten to three. Uh, uh, from Devin Brown, the running back for Ohio State. But it, it was little things like that that Penn State, I thought, because of the refs, it could have kept them in the game, maybe changed the momentum of the game, but it definitely definitely favored Ohio State. But I got to say, um, the, sa- the ultimate safety blanket of the college football season is probably uh, Kyle McCord, the Marvin Harrison Jr. Marvin, ha- Marvin Harrison Jr., had a very good game in the sense of he's not a okay he's a, a very good intermediate receiver good hands like his dad probably doesn't run excellent routes like his dad if you remember his father played for Syracuse University um drafted by the Indianapolis Colts and was the primary receiver for Peyton Manning in all those years but as the wide receiver for Ohio State uh he Made a lot of good. He made a lot of plays. Moved the chains a lot in this game. Um, he's a very good. When I would look at NFL level wide receiver, he would probably be your number two at best. Definitely a strong three, but probably a number two secondary receiver. Eleven receptions, one hundred and sixty-two yards. Even had a touchdown. He was literally what made the offense go for the Ohio State Buckeyes uh, to pretty much keep the drives going for Kyle McCord. Um, whether Devin Brown got his his rushing uh, rushing attempts, or uh, Trey Ham or or Mayan Williams, everything ran through Marvin Williams Jr. Uh, against Penn State and it propelled them to the win uh, offensively. But it, it was really about Ohio State's defense, not an all time bunch, but a very serviceable bunch that gets the job done. Looking at at the play of these guys on Saturday, whether it was Steel Chambers or Jordan Hancock, Cody Simon, uh, Sony Styles made some good plays, definitely on some assist tackles, and led by Tommy Eichenberg. Uh, they've played very good defense all year round, and I think that alone is probably going to help them propel them at least to the national championship game. That's a, that's assuming they get past Michigan, and we'll you know you know they they've been battle tested, and with the guys that they got on defense. And what I've seen out of Michigan, I know Michigan State, uh, Michigan destroyed Michigan State. But as far as a comparison, Ohio State has played better competition this season up until this point than Michigan. So when they definitely meet in November, uh, we will see how Michigan's offense goes up against the stout defense of the Mich- uh, the Ohio State uh, Buckeyes. But like I said, uh, Kyle McCord is you know he, he has got to thank. Marvin Harrison Jr. for being the security blanket that he is. I know the tight end, Kate Stover, made some plays. Uh, he 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 done a good job catching the ball on uh, – he only had like four catches, but they were from big chunks of yards because it, because all the focus was going to Marvis, Marvin Harrison and and left Kate Stover wide open. Or Cardinal Tate. But everything goes to Marvin Harrison Jr. It's pretty much that world. And if teams figure that out, then they'll have to figure out how to go up against that Ohio State style defense, who's done a remarkable job this year. 
And as far as Penn State, they had the bullshit game versus UMass. The Minutemen last week destroyed them at home. They put up a lot of points this year. And this was the ultimate test. This game was really more about Penn State and how they measured up against Ohio State than if Ohio State was to fumble and drop a game because they always had to make up the game versus Michigan. But Drew Alar uh, was very fucking average. Uh, he was terrible in this game. I think he was under 50% in his completion percentage. Uh, he had one touch. Uh, he only had a touchdown pass. Uh, or, you know, you know, at the very end of the game where they already down two scores, they got nothing out of the run game. That's been pretty good, whether it's Katron Allen or it was Nicholas Singleton. They were held in fucking check uh, on Saturday. It was really disappointing to watch because I wanted to see Penn State live up to the hype this season that they bought into their own hype since the wideout game versus Iowa, some of the other games that they played this season versus some chumps. And, and it's the same old Penn State versus Ohio State. Ohio State has dis- dominated this so-called rivalry. I, or the, let's, let's call it matchups. They've dominated these matchups all 21st century except for like three or four games. Like last 10 years, it's been Ohio State except for one game, like I said, in 2016. Uh, they got nothing in the passing game. Ohio, maybe it's more credit to Ohio State's defense than anything. They're top three defense. I don't get that. But Penn State really dropped the ball, man. Really did, man. I, I was really disappointed in what I expected more out of Penn State. And and then, you know, they're going to drop in the rankings. Probably going to fall out of the top ten. I, I think the voters are going to see, you know, the late touchdown at the end. The game was already over at that point, right? Uh, so, 6-1 and one for Penn State. Uh, Ohio State is still undefeated. Uh, pretty good defensive. If you're into defensive battles, that was your game. I mean, that was pretty much your game to watch. So, uh, But rivalry-wise, the Buckeyes is just... <sighs> what can I say? They're the best. They probably... You know what? Outside of Alabama, Ohio State is probably the best team in the 21st century. I know... Alabama has the hardware to show for it. I know Clemson can make a case for their couple of national championships. But Ohio State in the 21st century has been a dominant, dominant football squad, football, college football team. So I guess I don't see a threat in the Ohio State schedule until the Michigan game around uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, Wisconsin, Rutgers, Michigan State. Minnesota, they should beat them. And it's crazy because I saw North Carolina lose to Virginia at home. It's like, damn, any given uh, college Saturday. I'll briefly talk about it because I didn't see that game. But Ohio State, my point, uh, should be undefeated going into the Michigan game. And as far as Penn State, their last dire hope is pretty much win the next couple of games until they play Michigan. They have got to beat Michigan, no way around it, just to have a chance so Michigan could beat uh, Ohio State, so there could be some sort of tie-breaking situation on the east side of the Big Ten standing. So Michigan, Ohio State currently undefeated. Uh, Penn State with that one loss, but a crucial one loss. Uh, all the weaklings are all on the other side of the bracket when it comes to the Big Ten. Um, they're all the, you know, Penn State de- destroyed Iowa. Uh, Minnesota's not that good. Nebraska, Northwestern not get that good this year. Uh, Illinois, Purdue, they stink. All, all the good teams are on <laughs> Maryland, Rutgers, Penn State, uh, Ohio State, Michigan are on the east side of the Big Ten bracket. So, yeah, uh, Penn State is going to definitely have to win out just to have a chance for the Big Ten championship. Um, I'm not really going to go into depth in, 
a lot of these games. Um, I'll briefly discuss what I saw in some of them, so I can't really speak on everything because I didn't see, like, every play. Uh, you know, I've been off the Washington State train. Uh, they lost to Oregon, so no surprise there. Uh, I saw Tennessee beating Alabama early on, and then there was a big hit on the quarterback uh, for a fumble return for a touchdown, which gave Alabama a two-score lead. A game that Tennessee was winning early on, and I thought they were going to win, but Alabama in the second half came back and uh, really put it on Tennessee. Um, Jalen Monroe, the quarterback for Alabama, not really the biggest fan. Jalen Monroe um, had a couple of touchdown passes in this game. But um, Milton, the quarterback, Joe Milton, he got he got hit, hit he got hit big in the third quarter, or I'm sorry, the fourth quarter, uh, and uh, by Broswell, the the end, the DN by Alabama, and it was a scoop of score by Campbell for Alabama. And that made it a two-score game. That was pretty much all she wrote. And that's what it was. Like, Tennessee was up 20-7. to oh, They just laid a fucking egg in the second half. Uh, bad loss by Tennessee. And this is, like I said, I, I said it all season long about Alabama. They're kind of a wounded animal. Even despite the subpar play of what we know of the Alabama Crimson Tide, we've seen them lose to Texas. We've seen them kind of struggle against A&M. Uh, Ole Miss should have beat them, and yet they're finding ways to win games. Uh, the SEC West is not that strong this year, uh, but they, they should be able to get to the SEC championship. But they're not a dominant team, uh, whether it's um, whether it's Milrow, um, the, the quarterback. He doesn't really wow you with wow like the, the quarterbacks that was there previously to him recently, Mac Jones and Tua Tavares. Tavalonga, or, 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 or uh, what's the guy named Jalen Hurts who was there for those years, and uh, those guys put up big time numbers. With Milrow doesn't. Uh, Jason McClellan's a decent running back, but he's not as strong as let's say uh, Mark Ingram, Trent Richardson, Josh Jacobs. I mean, we've seen some dominant running backs out of the Alabama system in the last 10, 15 years. They just, you know, they just got to find their way, you know. You know, you got to win back the recruits, get into the transfer portal. Nothing I haven't said in previous episodes. But they found a way to overcome a 27 deficit and win 34 to 20. Big home win where Tennessee, <laughs> oh, my goodness, man. What a what a bad loss on the road, man. Yeah, I was a little shocked that uh, Virginia being in North Carolina. And I said it was between Florida State and North Carolina. And I saw Florida State beat Duke, and they pulled away in the second half. For a while, Duke was winning that game. But going back to the North Carolina-Virginia game, I, after all the big wins North Carolina had, especially at home or on neutral sites, their defense kind of let them down. Uh, and Drake May was not able to pull it out. He had a big-time offensive game. But Virginia found a way to get some extra or, you know, big-time plays in the second half of that game. Because Virginia, after down, being down 24-14 in the third quarter, after that Drake made t- a quarterback touchdown run, um, Virginia was able to uh, manufacture a, a response touchdown by Mike Hollins. They kicked a field goal after that. But in the fourth quarter, um, they, were over, they, they overcome the three-point deficit with a touchdown pass from Tony Musket to Malik Washington in the, uh, early in the fourth quarter. 
and they sustained that lead. Virginia's defense played fucking well to offset North Carolina, which was really surprising, man. So, with one conference loss, along with Louisville, who lost to Pittsburgh the week before, uh, Florida State's in the driver's seat being undefeated. Uh, Duke gets their second loss of the season in the uh, overall, but one in the conference. So, Louisville, North Carolina, Duke, uh, I guess you could put Virginia Tech, who's still under 500, but only one conference loss. Most of their losses were out of, uh, out of conference. Yeah, very surprising shit from the Tar Heels this season when it comes to the football program. They got to play uh, at Georgia Tech. Uh, then they got a, 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 I guess you could throw a, a, a dummy game versus Campbell. Who would have thought, right? A North Carolina versus Duke big time college football game? That's going to happen in November. Who would have thought that? Normally, when you see them, you think basketball. That's the best college basketball rivalry probably in America. Uh, arguably American history. I mean, we can th- talk about that when we talk to college basketball, but college football, that's a big-time game. I, I, I don't recall a big-time North Carolina-Duke game. That's going to be a game in Chapel Hill, and that's probably going to help ACC uh, championship implications, that game, depending how Florida State, who, who's going to play Florida State and shit like that. But wow, North Carolina and Duke in three weeks, who would have fucking thought? In football? Shit. Um. Last last game I wanted to talk is the Pac-12, Utah and USC. But before I get to that, a little surprised that the almighty Washington Huskies was, they won at home 15-7, to and they only had one touchdown score offensively. A little surprising to me. I don't know what the hell. I didn't see the game. I wish I could speak more on it. Maybe I'll do that later on in the week when I get to some uh, accelerated game tape. But the game I did watch... Uh, Utah, UCLA, I mean, UCLA, Utah, USC, another loss by USC at home and very good game where Utah won with a game winning field goal. Uh, we saw the quarterback for Utah, Bryson Barnes, with a big quarterback run on third down, which really got them in the field goal range and it, that, that got them the game winning field goal. Uh, there were some good plays in special teams wise. Uh, where USC took the lead uh, uh, all, what, on two plays under two minutes when Caleb Williams had a touchdown run. Uh, but, yeah, the special teams, uh, the defense, Utah has been a good defensive team, but they didn't show it today, man. Like, USC did uh, put a lot of points on them and a lot of yards on them today. Not what Utah's used to this season or up until this point. Uh but yeah, uh, USC four hundred plus yards. Utah's not really used to that. They they've shut down a lot of teams this year. But Utah showing some offense and on the road they've they've had USC's number even last year. Even when Caleb Williams won the the Heisman, remember those two games? Utah beat USC. It's the same shit, especially last minute. Like it's almost like whoever gets the ball last is probably going to win the game. But big win by the Utah Utes. But Bryson Barnes plays a, a good pedestrian game. He. He he had a big third down moment that run to set up the field goal to win the game. Uh, they got uh, contributions uh, rushing wise, but Jaquin and Jackson who rushed the ball well on the road, big gashes all game long. Uh, I, I don't think he had a touchdown, but definitely uh, went over a hundred yards from what I remember. 
And um, they were able to get um, – Barnes was able to get the ball to Sion Vaki a couple of times for 100 yards as well. So big win by the Utah Utes. A, a very competitive Pac-12 this season. I said that the last couple of weeks. Uh, uh, first conference loss by the Trojans. Oregon State, Oregon, Utah, all with one conference loss. So that was a big win by Utah where Washington escapes the game versus Arizona State. Still 4-0 in the conference, 7-0 overall. Uh, UCLA is still in the mix, and I think Arizona kind of came out of nowhere to surprise teams. And I'm off the Washington State Cougar train the last couple of weeks, so they're done. Uh, You know, Arizona State competed versus Washington. I don't know what the hell happened. Uh, even at the, the bottom of the barrel in the uh, back 12 was to give Washington a run. Maybe Washington took the week off and skated by. But, um, you know, they, they got some pretty decent teams this year out there in the Pac-12. They definitely do. So, so USC has got to make up that loss versus Utah Utes. They got a big game in a couple of weeks versus the Huskies. Can't look at, you know, they got to go to Stanford first, and that's not going to be a gimme game. We saw Stanford, huge comeback on the terrible Colorado defense. But USC should have enough offense and hopefully a sustainable defense to beat them in Stanford in the big game at home. Uh, uh, you know, as far as Washington, they got to play the USC Trojans and they go to Utah. So those are very big games the rest of the way for the Huskies. Uh, at Stanford, at USC, Utah, Oregon State, and then at U- Oregon State, and then um, Washington State Cougars, you know, the interstate rivalry game. Uh, very good win by um, Utah, because Utah, the the rest of the way. Uh, whew, Oregon at home, man, that's going to be a good game, man. Oregon, and then um, at Washington, like I just said, and then they got Arizona and Colorado. Very end of the year. So, uh, good win by uh, Utah. At the, you know, they had that one loss for Oregon State because Oregon State, offensively, running a rock, they have done a good job. So, that's pretty much, much it on the college football side. Not really in-depth with a lot of games. Uh, I really honed in on mostly the Big Ten matchup, uh, Penn State versus Ohio State. And on to the National Football League, the pro football, the NFL. Uh, I'm going to go through these games a little quickly. Uh, Didn't sit in detail to watch these thoroughly like I want to do the travels, but the games I want to start with, we'll start with the Thursday night football game. Uh, Jacksonville did beat New Orleans. They they led pretty much wire to wire. Uh, They had a pick six in that game. They were in total of control. Don't want to say too much about that, except for the fact that it will come into play for the Saints later on in the weekend where the Falcons beat the Buccaneers with a game-winning field goal at the end, NFC South implications. But um, I saw that the Bears dominated the Raiders. Uh, The Bears get their uh, second win on the season. Um, I want to, and I know the guys on the Big Blue Roundtable or the post-game roundtable talked about the 14-7 game. So you can listen to the details immediately after that game on the archive episodes on what happened between the Giants and the Commanders. Um, Baltimore destroyed Detroit. They were up like 35 to 6 when I was looking at it. Detroit looked flat, and we got to raise those questions again on the same old lines or it was just a uh, bump in the road for one game because we don't know what lines team we're seeing. Thoroughly outplayed and outdrived or outdriven the entire game. 
the Ravens dominated the, the Lions. Well, I got to have to ask questions. Like, what the hell is going on with the Lions? Like, that's supposed to be a sort of pseudo big game for you guys. And you went to bed, man. What the fuck is going on with the Lions? I would be lying if I told you I saw the Patriots-Bills game. I did not. So, because I did not, I will not speak on it. I saw that they won. So, you guys can check out the highlights for yourself on the on, on, on the Bills losing to the Patriots. A little bit of a surprise loss for the uh, the Bills. It should have been two in a row after that Sunday night game, the flat game they played against the Giants. But uh, the Bills lose, uh, fall to the Patriots. A game that had my attention in the uh, 1 p.m. hour was the Browns and the Colts. A game that Deshaun Watson was knocked out in the first quarter. Uh, the fast forward this game, uh, Cleveland had a big second quarter to make a comeback to sure up the score at halftime, uh, 27 to 21 at halftime, big, big time second quarter. Uh, Kareem Hunt had his first of two touchdowns. He had a second touchdown later in the game to go up late with 15 seconds left, but he had a touchdown in the second quarter. Uh, we saw a, a pretty much a, a sack by Miles Garrett. It was a nice sack by him and a recovery uh, for a touchdown. In the end zone by Tony Fields, uh, they got a couple of field goals in that quarter. So a good quarter by the uh, Browns in the second. It was good to see uh, the running back Jonathan Taylor after his three-year deal back in the offense. I think he had a touchdown in the uh, third quarter. It was a nice back and forth game. Uh, it really came down to that very that fourth quarter, which was crazy, right? There was first and goal, second and goal, third and goal for Cleveland. They could not get the the, the ball into the end zone with PJ Walker. Uh, it was a couple of pass attempts, and the Colts snuffed it out. And, and on fourth and fourth, uh, fourth and goal, uh, Kareem Hunt ran the rock, and he barely got the ball crossing the the tip of the plane. Uh, it was clear to me when I saw it, and they went up in that score. Uh, the Browns ended up recovering a fumble. Uh, on the next possession from the uh Colts, and ended up winning again. Very. Good win. I saw some uh, good uh, Brown fans in the stands uh, make, making that trip uh, to Indianapolis. Very good back and forth win. I think that was probably the better game of the 1 p.m. hour. Uh, we saw the Chiefs beat the Chargers again. I don't want to – it's almost like a broken record of just seeing like we're talking to ourselves. The Steelers go to 4-2. and two. They beat the Rams. Um – didn't see that game, so can't speak on it. So I'll hold off on that. And also, Broncos get a win over the Packers, Seahawks over the Cardinals. So you know, a lot. Of, to be quite honest, I didn't see a lot of these games. I only mainly saw two games in depth. Well, three from the one o'clock one o'clock hour. It was the Giant uh, Commander game, Lions Raven game, and then the Browns Colts game. Those were the guns I really really focused on. All the other ones, I was like, eh, whatever. When it came to the Miami Philadelphia, uh, the Miami Philadelphia game, I got a double back. I got a double back. I saw the end highlights of that Buffalo New England game where Josh Allen had a QB sneak to take the lead, and they gave up uh, a run up the sideline to the running back for New England, and then a couple of tight end passes, and the game winning touchdown with like 15 seconds left. Good win by the Patriots. Yeah, in the last game, Philadelphia, Philadelphia, Miami Dolphins. In the game where the Eagles were coming off, uh, I guess you could say a letdown week, right? A letdown week versus the Jets. 
losing to the Jets in, in MetLife uh, the previous week. So the Eagles have one thing in this era for the last several years. They get up for their big Sunday night games. They really get up for their primetime games, especially at home. And this was no different because everybody knows about Miami's high-powered offense. And Philadelphia's defense, it came to task. I know they had their problems a little bit with Tyreek Hill, like all teams, but Philadelphia came to prove, uh, they came to play, and they uh, pretty much, I would say, they dominated. Um, yeah, the, the Dolphins tied the game in the third quarter. Yeah, I get that. But I'll talk about the entire game. It felt like Philadelphia never lost control of the game. Uh, they converted all of their fourth downs. They do that thing with the push of the quarterback sneak or the quarterback push. Uh, A.J. Brown got involved later on in the game, added uh, Julio Jones to their roster, Devontae, uh, Devontae Smith. They got a formidable wide receiver trio right there off rip, and then also added Dallas Goddard, who had a touchdown. Uh, they always had the top five all-line. Um, I'm not saying they're strong as last year, but they still show a lot of resemblance of that team from last year that went to the Super Bowl. Point is, uh, Philadelphia uh, is still, I would say, at full strength, is still second best to the San Francisco 49ers when they're when, when the Niners are at full, at full strength. And I know they had, uh, uh, they didn't play through the, the games. I think they're on the bye week. But nonetheless, uh, the Dolphins, um, they got to go back to the drawing board. They lost in Buffalo. They lost to at Philadelphia. They'll beat up and run up the score on all the teams that are not on their level or not up to par. But when it came to the big game, um, when it came to um, uh, uh, Philadelphia, and when it came to, uh, let's say, the Buffalo Bills, uh, those are the two loss, only two losses of the season. But these are the two teams that are prime for a deep Super Bowl run. And they got to somehow get around beating a bigger quality fish, no pun intended. And also, on top of that, they play the Chiefs, I think, in Germany or some shit, somewhere overseas, later on in the year, in a couple in a, in a couple of weeks, actually. So they got to do this all over again, Tyreek Hill versus his former team in, in the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. But um, as far as Sunday Night Football, personally, of course, I was looking for the Miami Dolphins to find a way to pull it out uh, against the Eagles in Philadelphia, but that did not happen. Uh, Jalen Hurts had a pretty decent game. I know he had a couple of interceptions and or turnovers, but also at the same time, um, he actually had that pick six in the th- in the third quarter. But uh, the the the, uh, the Eagles defense they held strong, man. They got they got a uh, a turnover in left late in the fourth quarter as well. Um, Swift. Is a, it was a decent addition uh, from Philadelphia. A running back, played uh, collegiately with... There's a lot of Georgia players, man. And they were trying to run that theme, and rightfully so, with um, uh, the quarterbacks, Tua and Jalen Hurts being on that same Alabama roster. So, yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of... That was a nice... You know, of course, they you know, play on to the storylines, and that's what it's all about in sports, so... But uh, this, that's it, man. Now we're going to keep it short and sweet on all football with Fazul uh, across America. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Here on the Bleed Blue Show, college football with Ohio State and Penn State. Those are like all the, you know, the big football games collegiately, you know. 
um, in the, in, right there, you know, in Columbus, Ohio, and in Philadelphia Sunday night. Uh, but we'll be back uh, another time to talk some more football on All Football with the Zoo. All right, take care. Peace.